This show is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. Night Owl Live, the show for PC users who can handle the truth. And now, here's your host, Gene Steinberg. This week on the Tech Night Owl Live, we'll be featuring Kirk McElhern, the iTunes guy, and he also is going to announce a new radio show. Once he gets committed, he goes full steam. A little bit later, we'll be hearing from Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. Our segment with Jeff will be strictly, or mostly, pop culture. All this and more on the Tech Night Owl Live. Yeah! Okay, Kirk, you start podcasting with me and some other people. Then you get involved in the committed podcast. And now you're sucked into this world. What's up next? Yeah, I got sucked in, and it, it's interesting. I like podcasting. I like talking, and I like sharing my opinion. And I got together with a friend of mine, Doug Adams. He's a an AppleScript expert. He runs a website called Doug's AppleScripts for iTunes. So these are Apple scripts that extend iTunes. And Doug and I have known each other for a long time, and we've been talking about collaborating on something for a while. So we've created a new podcast called The Next Track. It's a podcast about how people listen to music today. We talk about analog and digital downloads and streams, audio and video. Uh, we talk about hardware, file formats. Um, you can check it out at thenexttrack.com. You can find us on iTunes. We've recorded several episodes. We've had a couple of guests. It's a lot of fun. We're keeping it to 30 minutes, so it's not going to be one of these long Gene Steinberg podcasts or what many other podcasters do. So if you like music, we're talking about all the stuff that you need to know about listening to music today with digital music and computers and portable devices and all that. It sounds like fun. Really does. It is. It is. And I'm not criticizing your two-hour show. It's nice to keep it to a short 30-minute duration instead of trying to fill an hour when you don't necessarily have something to say. Well, actually, when we're on the network, when they listen to us on the network, it's not a two-hour show. It's a three-hour show. And the reason is there's a news block on the hour. Ah, okay. It's two hours and about 40 minutes without the news block. That's our right. free version of the show. When we give the subscription version, which is for Tech Night Out Plus, it's an hour and 58 minutes. So but that's typical in the USA for the number of ads. And anyways, congratulations on the new show. Thanks. We've been quite successful so far. We've gotten a lot more listeners than I had expected. So I hope we get more. Okay, when you get three, let me know, okay? I'm kidding. Okay. <laughs> I bet you got tens of thousands, but really, good luck with it. Thanks. Let's look at issues, issues here, because we know as we do this less than two weeks before Apple launches the Worldwide Developers Conference in San Francisco, the keynote will be on a lucky June 13. So obviously Apple is not superstitious, or they are superstitious inversely. 
When I was a teenager, I went to a school fair, you know, where they had a bunch of games and all that. And I remember there was one of these things where they spin a wheel and you buy a chance. And I picked number 13. And I won a really nice portable AM FM radio, which I ended up using for years and years, notably to listen to Gene Shepard on the radio. But that's a subject for another day. Oh, he was just terrific. This is a person who did monologues. Yeah. For like an hour or two hours or something like that. No, there was... In the 70s, they were 45-minute shows. They were on WOR at 10.15 every night. And he would just talk. They were longer in the 60s, but in the 70s, they were 45 minutes, you say? Yeah. And he was brilliant. He was. And you always had the feeling he was talking to you, the listener. And he would talk about current events, and it wasn't really political. Sometimes he talked about politics. Um, But the best thing was he would tell these stories of his childhood growing up in Indiana or stories when he was in the Army. You can buy, I think there are four books that he wrote of these stories, and and he converted some of these stories into actual short stories, and they were published in magazines like Esquire and Playboy, which back in that day, people did buy Playboy for the short stories. Uh, Not only, of course. We forget that Playboy had a very high intellectual content. It published a lot of well-known authors. It had very good interviews with authors, actors, politicians, musicians, etc., Well, there you go. The voices of the past. Of course, the voice of the past that we sometimes refer to is Long John Nebel because he was the guy who created an all-night radio show for several hours that included discussions on flying saucers, ghosts, and things like that. And that was the precursor to what Art Bell did beginning in the 90s and kind of where we came from. Anyway, enough of that. Let's get into Apple and the Worldwide Developers Conference. Now, there are stories this week because of Apple's purchase of a company that does voice recognition technology. We might be seeing Siri on steroids. And we have to remember here that Siri was purchased, I think, back in 2010. And 2011, Siri appeared on the iPhone 4S. So that's about right. Apple buys a company with advanced voice recognition technology, and maybe a year later we'll see it? What's this all about? Well, it looks like Apple is in some ways playing catch-up. Amazon has their Echo, and Google has their... Google just released something. What is it? Allo, is that what it's called? Um, These are standalone devices that you put somewhere in your house and that you have to walk to if you want to ask them a question. And I I find this a little surprising. If you spend a lot of time in your living room, it makes sense. But if you're in your kitchen, then what do you do? You walk into the living room to ask this thing for a recipe. Um, In some ways, it makes more sense that if you're going to have a voice-activated assistant, that it'd be something you can carry around with you. Now, it's not clear whether Apple is going to launch a hardware device you know, there's all sorts of rumors about this. Um, will they launch a hardware device that that patches into Siri, or will it just be improvements to Siri on the iPhone? Um, I, I'm one of these people who just doesn't get Siri. It rarely works for me. I can't find any reason to do much with it that saves me time. I'll tell my iPhone to set an alarm for me for tomorrow morning. I'll use it for calculations. But there's not much else that I find it to be useful for. Well, I, I guess, do slightly well with Siri. I use it to set an alarm. Strictly, set an alarm for 7 a.m. Yeah, I I say, wake me up at 7.30 tomorrow. Exactly. that works. My, My wife does the same thing. But 
other than that and some calculations, I need to do math. And um, I, I, it just doesn't work. I tried to make a phone call today um, and it didn't understand what I was saying. It rarely understands me. Now, I actually use dictation on my iPhone quite often. So dictation is when you tap the little microphone button on the keyboard and you speak into the phone. And it's like it's like speech recognition. Um, and I find it much, much quicker than typing on that small keyboard. So I use that all the time. Now, theoretically, the iPhone has a pretty good speech model for me because I dictate that much. But whenever I try to get anything done with Siri, it's like, I'm sorry, I don't understand that. Siri doesn't like you, or maybe because you live in the UK, it expects you to have a British no, accent. I, no, I, I have it set to US settings. Okay. <laughs> I, I have all my devices set to US settings for dates and addresses and for accents and all that. So no, that, that isn't the problem. The, the other day, um, I was sitting in front of my Apple TV and I said, hey, I'm going to try this Siri thing to search for a film. Um, my partner and I were looking for a specific movie on the iTunes store. And I pressed and held the button and I got the little icon on my TV and I spoke and it was like, it just shrugged. And then I spoke again, it just shrugged. And then I finally said, I finally insulted Siri and that, that it understood. And it said, hey, you shouldn't talk to me like that. But every other time I tried to get a search, it just didn't hear anything. It just didn't understand anything. Oh, that's weird. I don't know. I've just never, I, I, you know, you see these commercials and people are doing all these things. I can't get anything to work with Siri. And I'm just tired of even trying. So let, let them update it. I don't care. Okay. Well, you know what? You don't have the gravitas of a Samuel L. Jackson. I mean, if Samuel L. Jackson says, you do that. I guarantee you will. Yeah, it's you, you tend to be a bit more motivated when someone like that talks to you. You see, Siri is just a temperamental little beast. So we'll have to see. We'll talk more about this, the Worldwide Developers Conference, a bunch of other stuff with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to DreamHost.com radio. DreamHost.com radio. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shot the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. 
If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to selectquote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. Reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blockit Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. We're on the Tech Night Out Live. We have Kirk McElhern. We're talking about expectations for the Worldwide Developers Conference. There was, of course, the story that there'll be a souped-up Siri, but Kirk doesn't use Siri much. It's not accurate. So, of course, obviously, if you're testing the betas that will be released for developers of iOS 10 and the next Mac OS or OS 10, you will give Siri a try, won't you? I will, and I have an iPod Touch that I dedicate to testing beta versions of iOS. Okay, you take no chances. No, I would never put that on my iPhone. Are you kidding? Come on, we both have enough experience to know that you don't put beta software on a device that you use regularly and need. Right, because the needs of the Kirk outweigh the needs of the developer release. 
It's just plain old logic. You don't want to put a beta on your your computer that you use for work or your phone that you use every day. I have put the final betas on my iPad. You know, maybe not the Gold Master, but the ones before that look like they're almost fin- they're almost finished. And that doesn't worry me too much because I don't really work with my iPad. But my iMac and my iPhone, I never put them on. When I do need to work with an OS X beta, I have a MacBook, which is my test Mac that I use for a number of things. But what I usually do is I just install it on an external hard drive. And in the last beta cycle, I bought a, an SSD that I put in a USB 3 enclosure. So it's fast enough to boot off the external drive. Well, I understand about taking no chances with your work. Yeah, th- you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. And what I do, of course, with the OS 10 and or Mac OS, which is maybe what they're going to call it, what I do is I put those things on an external drive. I don't take a chance till it's really, really advanced and I start feeling confidence. No, it's true. And and that way, so what you do is you connect the inter- the external drive. And when you start up the Mac, you press the option key and you can choose which drive it boots off. So you can restart your Mac and boot off your normal installation, your normal partition. Um, it's really easy to do that on a Mac, but you can't do that on an iOS device. It's not even simple when you're using an iOS device with beta software to back out and go back to the normal software. So you got to do what you got to do, man. Yep. Well, hopefully, hopefully this will all get itself straightened out and this will be a good release. But let's just take a look at this now. We have iOS 9, which I guess was pretty good. It's pretty stable. I guess they had a problem with a recent release with the iPad Pro, but otherwise it's been pretty stable. What do you think Apple can do for iOS 10? Oh, man, this is getting so difficult to predict. Just a quick note, by the time this shows out, there will be an updated version of iOS 9.3.2 for the iPad Pro. What can they do? Before the show, we were talking about something we're going to talk about. Maybe it's a good idea to bring it in now. The suggestion that Apple's going to extend the iPhone product cycle to three years instead of two. And what that means is it's not that they're going to not release a new phone every year, but we've currently seen the iPhone 6 and the iPhone 6S, and before that we had the 5 and the 5S, etc. And the suggestion is that we'd see the 6, the 6S, and maybe the 6 X or Y or Z or whatever, the form factor won't change for three years. I would welcome this, especially if they would slow down the releases of both iOS and OS X. They're in too much of a hurry for users to adapt to the changes. They released features that are half-baked and that really take a while to work. Uh, You know, if you remember when the, the handoff and continuity features came out, I was never able to get them to work with my previous laptop, which was a 13-inch MacBook Pro that I bought three years ago and that I sold last year when I bought my 12-inch MacBook. It never, ever worked with this handoff and continuity. These are the kind of features that depend on recent hardware, and it should have worked with that MacBook Pro, but it didn't. Adding these new features every year, features that don't work maybe for a year, or features that get forgotten a year later... It's just not helpful for users. It's not helpful for Apple. I'd really like to see more refinements and more perfection in the operating systems. And perhaps if they're moving to a three-year product cycle, it means they can't make huge changes in hardware in the phone. And maybe that will hold them back from releasing new operating system features that are related to new hardware. The thing here is that Apple is criticized because... Releasing new operating systems every year, we get buggy stuff. Yeah. 
in terms of the Mac, that shouldn't be an issue because right now there is not a correlation between the Mac operating system and the new hardware. It comes out separately. With iPhones, it has been a tradition. Every time we have a new iPhone, there's a new OS. And I think Apple is just going to keep that way. Well, that's not entirely correct. And again, the handoff and continuity features required a certain type of Bluetooth that was in Macs that were up to like three years old or two years old. Okay, that was Bluetooth LE, and I think it started with the 2012 Macs. Right. And and so these are features that came out in 2014. Basically, you had two years of hardware that worked. But in the cases on the Mac, its features may or may not work, but it's generally not a problem if they don't work. Whereas these features on iOS tend to be marquee features. The two main features in iOS 9 were 3D Touch and Live Photos. One of them, 3D Touch, depends on hardware. And Live Photos depends, I believe, on software, maybe on a particular processor. I'm not sure. So it, it is different, but there are sometimes features for OS X that do require specific hardware as well. Well, you know what? I think that in terms of continuity, it's been really a mixed bag for me. And I'll give you an answer. I don't really want to make phone calls on my Mac because I use an outboard mic and I don't want to have it set up and everything. I'm not using the built-in mic at all. Now, in terms of the ability, the handoff ability, that's hit or miss for me. You know, you start a task on your Mac, you continue the email on your iPhone. It sort of works sometimes. It doesn't work other times. And so I don't care. That's the problem. And, and it's like with, with me and Siri, when the feature doesn't work all the time, you give up on it after a while. I've never found the whole handoff continuity. First of all, they have these two different names, and I'm not sure which describes what. Well, I've handoff, never found... I think, is where the task moves from one to the but other. It's, but that's continuity as well, I think. So it, it's like a subset. Okay. In any case, I've never found myself starting an email on one device and finishing it on another. The only time I really use this is if I'm looking at a web page on my iPhone and I realize I need to see it on a bigger screen, I'm not in my office, and then I'll come into my office and I'll open the web page in Safari. But Safari already has something called iCloud tabs, which lets you do that. So the, the handoff continuity thing really doesn't add that much. It just changes the way you access a web page. I don't really find this of any use in any other situation. One situation that would actually be nice, and a number of people have mentioned this, is if you can hand off from something you're listening to in iTunes to continue listening to the same thing on your iPhone. Now, there would have to be one of two conditions. The same track that's on iTunes is on the iPhone, right, that you've synced it, or you're listening in Apple Music on both devices, you know, pe people ask for it, but how many times are you going to use it? Maybe when you're on the way out of the house, you're listening to an album on your Mac and you want to finish listening to it on your iPhone. I think it's still pretty rare that people need this. I think it's one of those features in need of a purpose. And I have the same feeling about live photos. We'll go on with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Visit GCNlive.com today. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. 
At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Vaping enthusiasts, head to VaporPalace.com. Choose from over 150 flavors and a selection of exclusive private stock vapor liquid you won't find anywhere else. New flavors are added every month, and our customer service is unbeatable. VaporPalace.com offers 15% off all vapor liquid on Fridays and get 10% off every order with coupon code VAPOR10 at checkout. Combine the codes on Fridays for 25% off. The ultimate destination for the vaping enthusiast. VaporPalace.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Did you know a dirty CPAP system can make you sick? If you knew what could be growing in your mask and hose, you might not sleep so well. But now, SoClean.com has released the world's first and only automated CPAP cleaner and sanitizer. It kills 99.9% of all CPAP germs, and it's completely hands-free. For a limited time, you can try SoClean risk-free for 30 days. Just call 1-800-941-9796. SoClean changed the CPAP experience for the better. My health has improved. It's simple to use, and I'm not worried about infections. SoClean destroys CPAP bacteria, viruses, and germs, and it eliminates the daily hassle of washing your system by hand. There's no water, chemicals, or disassembly. Just pop in your mask, close the lid, and presto, your CPAP system is clean and fresh in minutes. Call SoClean.com to try it risk-free at home for 30 days. This is a limited-time offer only available by calling 1-800-941-9796. That's 1-800-941-9796. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait you can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. 
Live with Gene Steinberg. It's the Tech Night Owl. Because you never know what's going to happen next. So here, there is a risk, I think, as Apple adds features to iOS and the Mac and the hardware, that practical things are not as available or doable, so they go into the fluff, like live photos. Live photos, I think, is fluff. It's like adding a little bit of animation to it. So instead of having just your photo, you have like a five-second clip. And I guess that's kind of cute for 30 seconds. I don't know about 3D touch. You know, it's like, obviously, multiple levels, two levels of context menus. And I can see that because, you know, I can see bringing up a context menu with a force touch. But the second level gets kind of confusing. It's the same idea. It's sort of a force touch. I did have the iPhone 6S for six months. I found it relatively useless. You tap on an icon on the home screen and you get some options, but you can't customize those options. You you can't choose specific settings for them. So for instance, if you if you tap and hold on mail, you'll get options to send emails to some of the people you send emails too often, but you can't choose them. With messages and, and, and the phone app, you get some of your favorites, but I think it's only up to three. So you've got to reorganize your favorites if you use favorites. Um, you've got to reorganize them in the order you want. It's a flashy feature. I just don't see it being that practical. And I I don't hear many people talking about it anymore. Ooh, this app has a great new 3D touch feature. I really don't hear that. It's not something I think that's that valuable. It kind of reminds me back with the Samsung Galaxy. I think it was the S4, S5. Had this crazy feature, which was tilt to scroll. So you tilt it, or you tilt your head, depending on how you set it up. That's just disturbing. It was, I felt disturbed. And I think the guy who designed it was disturbed. Well, you know, I remember, do you remember when Apple introduced fast user switching? So you click the little user icon up in the menu bar and you select a different user and you switch to that user. And when they introduced it, Steve Jobs was up on stage. And what happened is it was like an animation of a cube in your computer that the one side you're looking at would turn and you'd see the other side. And I remember Steve Jobs presenting it I think this was at a WWDC, so it was developers who were sensitive to what that represented in terms of graphics. And Steve Jobs just smiled and said, because we can. And I think we see a lot of features like that just because they can and that they look good in a demo, but that really end up not being that useful. I know, but you know, Apple did a lot of that in the early to mid-90s where they'd introduce new technologies that I guess had some potential. But they never went anywhere. Well, you can't deny that any of these new features are test balloons, that they're trying out lots and lots of features to see if they work. The problem is when it comes out as a marquee feature, and and again, the best example is 3D Touch with the iPhone 6S. When it comes out as a marquee feature and it's basically ignored by developers and even ignored by Apple, not all Apple apps work with 3D Touch, it just kind of suggests that it's unfinished, that, that there wasn't much of a point to it. I mean, it, it's very interesting technologically that they've created a screen that can interpret touch like that. It doesn't 
take into account the way people actually use the devices. Now, sure, they're testing with all sorts of people at Apple, and all these people, you know, they're in this kind of group think, thinking, ooh, this is a cool new idea. It's cool. But that doesn't mean that people are going to use it in, in the real world. It kind of sort of reminds me of Samsung. Yeah, it could be. Um, do you remember when they introduced some features to mail several versions ago? Like, I, I think they're markup features. I don't even know if you can... I don't know if it still exists. I'm creating a new email message, and I don't even know how I would access these features. Do you remember that, where you could draw things and highlight things on an email message? Yes, exactly. I remember, but I've never tried it. No, I never did either. Or I maybe tried it once for a Macworld article or, you know, hey, this is the new operating system. I'm going to try it. And I'm looking now, and I can't even see anything. I, I seem to recall there was like a markup bar or something. I think it was something where, say, you had a PDF or a photo or something. No, it wasn't PDF. It was any it was any email message. But anyway, it was a big feature when it was released and no one used it. Do you remember when they had this app to make greeting cards? That didn't last very long. And that was a big deal. It's because three people used it. So Apple is still is succumbing to this feature-itis. But let's get past that. Okay. Let's go post-feature-itis. Post-feature-itis, the next operating system for the Mac. We're assured now by rumors that Apple would want to change the branding and not call it OS X or Mac OS X, but call it Mac OS, lowercase Mac, capital OS, in keeping with the branding of the other operating systems. That makes sense, right? It does. Um, It's about time because we're already up to Mac OS X, 10.12, which is... Just even when it got to 10.10, it was already illogical. It does make sense to rebrand it. It's been a long time. It's been 15 years. So, yeah, it's time to change the name. And it's not a big change. It's a minor change. They get rid of the big X that they, over the years, had decorated the X in different ways. And it sort of aligns with watchOS and tvOS and iOS a little bit better. I don't know. Whatever Apple does. But... Let's look at it in more detail here. You know, they're starting to get to a point where maybe they should be doing OS 10 instead of 10.12, get to like another number or something. Well, I think my guess is that they're going to just drop the numbering altogether and just it'll be um, Mac OS El Capitan, Mac OS San Francisco or whatever it is. Well, they're using place names. They wouldn't use San Francisco, though. No, it's just a suggestion. I'm saying it would be a new place name, um, and it would they just drop the number. Mac OS place name. Mac OS Gene's house. That sounds like fun. <laughs> yeah, Mac OS Gene's house. Yeah, which is in it, Except I'm in Arizona. That's fine. They can. They don't, doesn't have to all be California, does it? I don't know. The implication was they'll probably spend a lot of years before they run out of significant place names for Arizona, so I, for Arizona, for California, so I don't think they're going to do it. I want to get back, though, to another thing about the Worldwide Developers Conference. Do you think there's going to be hardware there? And the reason I say this is because right now the only hardware upgrade we've seen this year is the MacBook with a very simple upgrade, faster solid-state storage, and the new Intel Core M chip. Very simple, very basic, 
but the Mac Pro has not been updated since 2013. What's going yeah, the, on there? The, the Mac Pro is is so we we discussed the Mac Pro, which I bought in June 2014. And I kept it for almost six months when the 5K iMac came out. And one of the main reasons I sold it was that they didn't have a Retina display. And this was when the, the Retina iMac came out finally. Um, so there are rumors now that the Thunderbolt display, which dates from 2011, is no longer available in stores or not very easily. And that it will be replaced at the WWDC um, there's all sorts of rumors about a 5K display, etc. Now, this could revitalize the Mac Pro, but I'm not sure. Again, this is a two-and-a-half-year-old Mac, which was – I really liked it. I liked the shape. It was quiet. It was fast and all that. But it hasn't changed since then. Um, I, it kind of seems like Apple's given up on the Mac Pro. Maybe they're going to give it a speed bump, but – I don't know. It, it's I, I very rarely hear people talk about it. I, I know you know you get the occasional. I think John Martellaro, who's on your show very often, I think he has one. Um, but there aren't that many people I know who have one at all. Yeah. Well, that's a good problem there. I wonder how many of those things are selling. More to come with Kirk McElhern. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Whether it's personal mail, whether it's business email, you want reliable, dependable delivery, freedom from spam, freedom from viruses. Well, Polaris Mail offers professional email hosting services for your personal or small business use. Each account uses 25 gigabytes of storage, an easy-to-use webmail interface, and full mobile sync. Sign up today for a 30-day free trial at PolarisMail.com, PolarisMail.com. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. This is David Cordani, CEO of Cigna. For more than 20 years, Cigna has worked with the March of Dimes to address premature births in the U.S. Premature births cause horrible suffering and cost billions of dollars each year. That's why Cigna is committed to raising funds and awareness through our employees, family, and friends to improve the health of moms and babies. Please join us in supporting the March for Babies. Start your team today at marchforbabies.org.
Are your Google search results killing you? Unflattering content in blogs, news articles, online reviews, social media, or other sources can jeopardize your reputation, your business, and your livelihood. Let Reputation.com help. Our patented technology will make the truth about you more visible while pushing down unwanted negative content. Improve your Google search results. Call Reputation.com at 1-800-831-0771 for a free consultation. That's 800-831-0771. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Would you like to receive $250 to $1,000 cash per day? Go to richmoneyrich.com. No website, no selling, no explaining. Just take these simple two steps and go to richmoneyrich.com. You can be generating cash in the next 24 hours simply using this system. Good news is it runs on 100% autopilot, and you don't need any experience to get started. It's easy. Get your share of easy riches and go to richmoneyrich.com. That's richmoneyrich.com. Go now. Brought to you by the Conservative Investor. Current returns not indicative of future results. you know what's going to happen next? Well, here's the Tech Night Owl, live with Gene Steinberg. So what is the fate of the Mac Pro? Three years, almost three years before an update. And this is the kind of thing where there's a new Intel Xeon chip now. There are better graphics chips. Solid-state storage is a lot cheaper. I would think they can bring out a new model and cut the price some. Well, does Apple ever cut the price on the high-end Macs? I don't think so. They just add more features and speed and RAM and stuff like that. Um, They could... Uh, I, I I don't follow Intel's processor timeline, but they could do something. Um, I don't know if they will. Uh, I it's so the Mac Pro for them has been one of these things they can't get rid of it because it's a sort of a prestigious thing, but there aren't enough people who buy it for them to really care too much about it. You know, it wouldn't be a shame if they actually lost money on the Mac Pro just to keep some sort of high-end computer available, that they make enough that they could lose millions on the Mac Pro and still be able to provide a, a decent computer who want to, to people who want that high-end. And let's face it, that is one heck of a design, that round Mac Pro. It's really attractive. So I don't know. Will they do it? It's hard to tell. If they come out with a retina display, then there's a, a reason for having a Mac Pro. But I don't think anyone's works today on a big display doesn't use a retina. I mean, who would still be using that 
older Thunderbolt display. It's it's just not very good. Not only is it not very good as a display, it's extremely hot. I, I sold mine when I sold the Mac Pro, what, a year and a half, two years ago. And I was very glad because in summer it made my office very warm because it gives off a lot of heat. Now, naturally, the current iMac, which is a 5K, is extremely cool. So if they just put that technology into a standalone display, that would be great. Well, that'd be good. But we'll have to see. There's a story that what's going to happen here with the 5K will have its own graphics card or something? Yeah, I'm not sure I understand. I think the idea is to send the data to the display so they can offload it from the computer. But then how would it work with other computers? I I guess you'd be able to not use the graphics card if you needed to. Now, the problem with putting a graphics card in a display is that increases the cost of the display. A Thunderbolt display, I think it's still $1,000, which is relatively expensive. So if they're going to make a retina display plus a graphics card, it sounds like it's something that might cost 1500 And you're not going to sell a standalone display at that price unless the fact of having a graphics card means that the computer can be faster and cooler and whatever. But you're still you're then talking about, I don't know, $4,000 for a Mac Pro and a display. And a lot of people still work with laptops that they connect to a display when they get home. So some of these people would like a retina display. And if, if it's too expensive, it's just not going to sell. And, and then you're coming very close to the price of an iMac already. That's true. That's true. So maybe what they're going to release is an iMac. Maybe they're going to release an iMac that you can use as an external display for the Mac Pro. That would be interesting. Well, it would be a bit foolish, but it would be interesting, yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I just think that Apple needs to define something. I think that Apple should build its own dock for a Mac Pro, which adds the expansion, the extra internal hard drives and peripheral cards, and then allows you to drop the Mac Pro into the center so it automatically docks. Okay. How do you like that? That would look a bit like my tea kettle. So over here, everyone has tea kettles where there's a round base and you you pop the kettle on top and and there's like a a nub on the bottom that goes up. It's one of these induction things. So you'd put the Mac Pro on top of it like I put my tea kettle. That sounds a little bit weird. I don't know. I think it would actually look interesting if it's designed properly. It might. Um, Apple's never been big on docks, though, have they? The, the, what was the, the, the Duo was a laptop that was like a, a slim laptop, and it had a dock that you could connect when you brought it home. Um, but Apple's never really been big on that. They're more interested in offering a solution that works without these extra devices being needed. Hmm. I kind of agree with you there. But the thing is here, when you add all that extra stuff, you get a wiring nightmare. You have this really nice computer, and then you have the wiring nightmare. Yeah, that's one thing I didn't like about it, was when you look at the back, it has a lot of ports on it, and you've got all these wires coming out. And it's kind of hard to hide them. Um, So, yeah, if there was some way that you could just keep keep them hidden a little bit, 
Um, because if you have it on your desk, which is generally where you put it, you know, well, it's not like the previous, the, what we called the cheese grater Mac Pros, the aluminum ones that were so big they had to go under your desk. This one is small and you put it on your desk, but you got all these wires coming out and it's just weird. I mean, I really did like it. It was extremely quiet. Um, it's really incredible how quiet they made it and yet, you know, still being a very efficient fan. And obviously it's the shape that does this. but. It, it's just, it it just didn't do, it wasn't what it could have been. Again, not having a display was a big problem, but it just wasn't what it could have been. Oh, I don't know. What about the rumors about some updates to the MacBook Pro, where they've got an OLED touchscreen or something? I, I don't understand this. You know, I, I saw this just go by in the news the other day, and I'm really not sure that I understand exactly what it is. So um, it sounds like it's like a touchscreen strip or something, maybe with some special buttons. I don't know. Don't know. Well, what would you like to see in a MacBook Pro that Apple doesn't already do? Well, I, I do like the 12-inch MacBook, and I'd like to see it have another port. Um, I, there's not really much. I'd like better battery life. I, I don't find the battery life very good. Um, it's, you know, the way I use a laptop, it's not my primary computer, so I don't need a lot of storage. I don't, I mean, it sits on my desk. It's my second computer. It's, I'm working on a book. I'm taking screenshots there instead of on my Mac because I have to have a certain layout. Um, I'm not really the best person to, to discuss what should be in a laptop. I think they've reached sort of peak thinness. They need to stop worrying about thinness and give us more battery, same as in the iPhone. I can't really... I'm sorry, there's not much... What What do we need in a computer these days? We don't need much. We need battery life in all our portable devices. Uh, there's not a lot that we need other than that. That's true. But supposedly here, there must be some resistance to buying Macs. Is that because of the PC slowdown? Does Apple have to do something special to upgrade the Macs, other than the normal stuff, faster processors and things? Does anyone care about faster processors? I mean, every new laptop is the fastest laptop that Apple's ever made, and it's always going to be like that. And we don't look at processor speed anymore. We don't even look that much at RAM unless you know enough about a computer to know that it's kind of foolish to only have four megabytes or eight megabytes of RAM. Um, although on a laptop these days, on a Mac laptop, eight is fine. I, I'm I'm sorry I can't say more. And it's if you ask me what they could put in an iMac, there's not much I can say either. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing an optical drive back in an iMac. I know not a lot of people use them, but I do. And it's an extra thing that has to be connected and sits on my desk. Um, the, the display, I you know, I have the the 5K iMac from a year and a half ago. Um, the display is just fine. I know that the, the more recent one has a better, what is it, color gamut. I don't know that I'd Precisely. really notice that. I don't think that most people would care or notice. No. I, if you're a photographer, you might. But other than that, it really doesn't matter. Um, it, it's very hard to say what do we want because there's not much they can do anymore. I, I would like, um, 
I would like Touch ID. I'd like to see that in laptops. I mean, you get that on PCs already. I think Touch ID would be really useful to have. Well, that would be a very good thing. What about facial recognition? Yeah, Android does this, and Windows Phone does this as well. The, the late Windows Phone does this as well. Um, so you can use facial recognition to log into your device, and you set it up by you know, looking at the device and framing your face on the screen, and you have to move around a lot when you set it up. Uh, because the way it works, obviously, the facial recognition can't just see a still photo of someone. Let's um, do our break here. Let's do our break okay. and continue with facial recognition on the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Welcome back to Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, it's Uncle Gene. Yeah, it's him. Okay, so facial recognition is not just you staring. No, you have to actually move. It has to know you're alive. Yeah, exactly. That you're not just a photograph. So you blink, you move your mouth a little bit, and that's how it recognizes you. If it's a photo, if it, if you're perfectly still, it won't. Well, that's the matter of security. It's not that somebody can just take sure. a photo of you and have it recognized. It's just like, for example, with your fingerprint sensor, Touch ID. It's got to be a real finger. It can't be somebody's dead finger. 
Yes, exactly. And I think that's, these are technologies that have been used for a while. Apple hasn't used the, the, the face ID, um, but there's also voice ID, which I know some banks here in the UK are rolling out. I'm not sure exactly how they do it. I guess you have to speak a certain number of phrases to set it up, but apparently it's extremely secure. All right. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't know much about it, so I can't help you. Well, I, the story I had heard was that you would use a Touch ID on your iPhone that would unlock your Mac. Yeah, I'm not convinced that that's the best way to do it, because the only way that that really works is if it's a sort of continuity handoff thing, right? Because if you have to unlock the iPhone and then, say, tap an icon, which is unlock my Mac, and then tap the Touch ID, I can type my password on my Mac quicker than that. Well, that's true, but I guess this is to free you from the password. I still think it would be better from a logical standpoint just to build in the hardware, but I could see maybe doing something like that for people who have existing Macs and they're not going to buy new ones. Well, there are apps you can get that do this. Um, I tried one of them once, and, and as I said, you've got to unlock the phone, tap the app, and then touch ID or something like that. So I'm not, I don't see it really being useful. Apple is running out of features. Well, the whole world is running out of features. I mean, I'm not saying there's nothing that can be added to a computer or nothing that can be added to an iPhone, but when you when you look at the last iPhone, when you look at the last version of iOS, there aren't a lot of features that really stand out. And it's not surprising. You know, we've it's maybe a bit banal to say it, but, you know, the post-PC era and all that, um, there's just not a lot that we can do anymore. So it also comes down to the fact that what can Apple do to the next iPhone to make it compelling? Well, what can they do to any device? So Apple certainly has a roadmap of future features. And if they're saying, well, we've got 15 features that we can add over the next four years, but we can't roll them all out now, we've got to roll them out at a trickle to make every new version of the operating system and every new version of the iPhone compelling. And that's what they have to do. That's the way they have to think. They can't just bring all their features out. So this is trickle-down specs. Yeah, I guess in a way. Um but it's also it's also a lack of, you know, I used this example years ago with the iPod. First we had music, and then we had photos, and then we had video. And after that, there were no more types of media we could add. So there was podcasts, and there's iTunes U, but these are all the same kinds of media. And there was nothing else that we could add. So we're really stuck in a situation where... You know, we, we had a pretty sharp curve, uh, ascending curve with um, features that we added to hardware and software. And we just don't have that curve anymore because there's not a lot we can do. So virtual reality, maybe holograms, I think we're still quite a ways away from that. Um, again, look at the last versions of OS X and iOS there's nothing really that stands out as groundbreaking. These are all just refinements and tweaks. Now let's look also at another factor I was reading about. The percentage of people who haven't upgraded like in more than two years 
for the iPhone 7, if we call it an iPhone 7, is higher than at any time since the iPhone 6 came out, and even higher than that. So there are people waiting in the wings to upgrade as long as Apple does something that you know makes a little bit of sense. So they can call it an iPhone 7, because if you call it an iPhone 6X or something, then suddenly the media, the tech media, the critics will lambast them, and people won't perceive it as being a significant upgrade. But if you put the same features and say, iPhone 7... Well, I think this is why, you know, I, I assume that whenever there's a, a rumor about something like iPhone, um, Apple going to three years instead of two years for, for new iPhones, I assume this is a leak. And Apple gets the leak out, you know, a month before an event like the WWDC. And this way, people have had time to talk about it. And when it actually comes out, when it's actually released, at that point, everyone's already discussed it and it's not the news of the day. Um, I don't think it's going to be a big deal if the next iPhone is not the iPhone 7. I, I don't think so. Um, because it's not its not us, it's not the tech journalists who sell these devices. It's the need of people to get a new device, which unfortunately, um, we've gotten to the point where we're starting to hit saturation for... Uh, smartphones around the world, and there are still some developing countries where there's going to be more growth, but now we've gotten past the point where people buy their first smartphone, and they've maybe upgraded once, and now they're a little bit more hesitant about upgrading again because they realize that there's just that mu not that much of a difference between their previous iPhone and the new one that make it worth spending the cost of an iPhone, which is simply not cheap. Now, with the iPhone SE, we do have a decently priced phone. It's a lot cheaper than what we're seeing for the iPhone 6S. But that's not even enough to get everyone, to get a lot of people to upgrade, I think. So what should they be doing? Man, if I had the answer, I'd probably not be talking on this podcast right now, Gene. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think they need to accept that things are not going to work the same way that they have. That You know, we, we saw the iPod go sort of stratospheric and then slow down. We saw the iPhone go stratospheric. It's slowing down. The iPad never hit the stratosphere and is slowing down. I've said many times how skeptical I am about the idea of Apple making a car, but it seems to be a given now that they are working on a car. Um, but some people are saying it won't be released before 2020. I think the future of Apple is to not be just a computer slash computing device company. Uh, they have so much money and they have so much expectation of growth and sales that they need to diversify into other things. I don't think they're going to make refrigerators, maybe cars, maybe smart home technology. Will that take off quickly enough? Um, I don't know. That raises a whole bunch of issues. Well, it raises a whole bunch of questions, um, but we're in a position now where um, technology is plateauing, at least in the areas where Apple is. And, the, you know, there's another place that Apple's really losing. Um, and there were some recent reports about how um, Chromebooks have overtaken iPads in education. And I find this quite interesting because a, a friend of mine who's a, a fellow Mac writer, he's got two kids who are in school and they use Chromebooks at school. 
and they want a Chromebook at home. They don't want a, a Mac laptop or even an iPad. They want Chromebooks because that's what they're running on at school. Now, we both know that when you get kids locked into a platform when they're young, this is the platform that they're going to ask their parents to buy and that they're going to be using when they get into college and then eventually um, afterwards. So Apple is losing this fight. I, I think there was some large school district where they just announced that they were giving MacBooks or MacBook Pros or MacBook Airs in exchange for laptops or something. Let me kind of clarify oh, Sorry, in exchange that. for iPads. Okay, so this is a school system that has iPads. Right. And they're going to exchange them for MacBook Airs. And obviously the big issue is the usability of the product and maybe the iPad is not good enough. But then there are a bunch of other issues I want to get into. We have more to come on the Tech Night Out Live. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there's The Coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Find out more at rockoids.com. That's rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break, and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs, causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. My dad was 59 when he collapsed from a heart attack late last year. Just this past August was when we spread his ashes on the St. Croix River. I loved my dad, but boy was he stubborn. He hadn't been to the doctor in over 25 years. His excuse? He simply couldn't afford it. He wasn't a rich man by any means. At less than $107 per month, libertyoncall.org would have been the perfect alternative for my father. Don't wait. Go to libertyoncall.org right now for not just your sake, but for the sake of your loved ones. Again, that's libertyoncall.org. Is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. 
but what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. We'd like to hear from you. If you have any thoughts or comments about the Tech Night Owl Live, please get in touch at news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. Looking for past episodes? We've got hundreds at technightowl.com slash radio. That's technightowl.com slash radio. Or subscribe on iTunes. So, Apple and Education. So in the last quarter, supposedly, Chromebooks, which can be had for less than $150, had overtaken Apple. But that's not a peak quarter for Apple in school systems. I think the summer quarter would be, right? Uh, I would assume it's either the spring or the summer, because if you're going to deploy um, devices in a school system, you really want to do it well before September, before school comes back. Exactly, but you wouldn't do it in the first quarter. You do it in the June quarter. You do it in the early part of the September quarter. So if you have the computers well, in no, by you, August. You do it before September. So you do it in, well, see, it depends. If the people who are managing this are, are, are on vacation in the summer, then you need to get it done before June, right? Well, I think by June, because number one here, school systems don't have a lot of money to go around. True. Yeah. Well, but this is another reason why they're going for the Chromebook, because it's cheaper. Yes, that's obviously a reason, because especially in this country, it's specifically a U.S. sales figure. If you look at jurisdictions around the country, and we're not going to get into politics, but unfortunately it plays that, more and more state governments are cutting back on education. They cut taxes. And then if you have less money, what do you do? You have to cut services. So they cut back in education. Sometimes local jurisdictions, if they have a more prosperous populace, they may increase property taxes. But in a place where you have middle class or lower income, you can't afford to do that. So school systems have to cut back. If they want computers, they're going to look at price first above everything else. Yeah, and, and you get a, you can get a decent Chromebook for 200 bucks. So this is one reason why Apple... With iOS 9.3, one of the features was the ability to manage iPads in a classroom in a way that um, students can log into any device. And so a, a Mac manages the student account and they can log in for any iPad. And this is one of the ways that Apple is hoping to fight against the Chromebook because the Chromebook being a 
a cloud device, it's something that any student could use any Chromebook and sign into it. Whereas you couldn't do that before with the iPad. So Apple released, I think one of the reasons Apple released 9.3 in the spring was to get this out to schools and hopefully get schools to use more iPads in the fall. But an iPad is still more expensive than a Chromebook. Obviously, you do different things with it, but it's still a lot more expensive. So that's the issue there. Again, it's all about cost. And I suppose the limit on the number of things you could run on a Chromebook could present a security advantage because it's basically a very simple notebook computer that uses web apps. Google does have tools for administrators, so they're kind of locked into Chrome browser and the online apps for Google. Yeah, but as as much as I'm not a fan of the whole Google in the cloud thing, um, I think it does work quite well for students because they don't need anything complicated. It really gets rid of all of the complication of managing anything, be it files or, or anything. I think the Chromebook actually makes a lot of sense for people in that sort of environment. And even in some businesses, if you go into a business and all you're doing is word processing and maybe PowerPoint and, and whatever, it might make more sense for you to have a Chromebook and work in the cloud than it would to have your own computer. All right. I'm actually tempted to get a Chromebook just because I want to see what it's like. Um, I want to try it out and see if it's really a useful, because I'm not a big user of, of Google stuff, in particular, you know, Google Docs. I do use it a bit, but not much. So I am curious about the Chromebook to see, you know, what is the attraction? So I might get one. You get one for, I get a really good one for 200 pounds here, which is 300 bucks. You can get cheaper ones, but I would not want to get something too cheap to try it out. So maybe in a future show, um, we'll be able to discuss it. All right. So will Kirk McElhern get himself a Chromebook? Why not just go all the whole hog and do the cheapie? Oh, because it's too depressing. You get one of these things, that, it's got a bad display, and it's just cheap plastic, and it's got stickers on it and all that sort of thing. So, no, I'd, I'd rather get something that's, you know, somewhat decent. Well, every PC has stickers on it. Yeah, but I, I just, cheap PCs are just annoying. So I'd rather not do that. You know, I get stuck. Well, it's not even that. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking I can get an article out of it. You know, I, I've written a couple articles for Macworld about using an Android phone, about using a Windows phone, and there might be an article there about using a, a Chromebook. So you buy one, write an article, and then if you don't find any value in it, return it? Well, my, my partner doesn't have a computer, and she could actually benefit from having a laptop. And for the little that she does, a Chromebook might be the ideal laptop for her. She needs it to do the occasional word processing and, you know, every once in a while a presentation, and that's it. Um, so it could be that the Chromebook would be the, the perfect tool for her, in which case I would just pass it on to her after I've tried it out and written about it. And since you can log out and log in on a Chromebook, anyone can use it very easily. This is actually, you know, it's a good device for um, multiple people in a household to use. Well, that's true with even a MacBook. Oh, it's a lot more work to log in and log out. I mean, it's not that hard, but it's not quite the same. All right. And anyway, I need my MacBook for work. You know, as I explained, it's my second Mac, my test Mac. It's something that I use regularly. So the question is here, will Kirk McElhern buy himself a Chromebook 
Be nice. I'll see. I, I'm a little bit busy in the next couple of weeks, so. So after that, when you get things together, maybe you'll do it. Yeah. Kirk McElhern and the Chromebook. Hmm. Well, it'd be something to talk about. I bet it will. I mean, it is a trend, and, and, and I can almost expect Apple, in the same way that they have this um, system with iOS um, for for a laptop, for iPads connecting to a Mac for different users, so for the school, I could almost see Apple developing iCloud a little bit more and bringing something like that out to have an even cheaper... Uh, an even cheaper laptop, again, to compete with the Chromebook, that works with iCloud. Um, they have all the iCloud, uh, you know, the iWork apps that are available. So, you know, you've got your pages and numbers and, and Keynote and all that. Um, it wouldn't be hard for them to make a light version of Mac OS X or Mac OS, whichever it's going to be, and have it connect to iCloud to set up to, to work the same way the Chromebook does. And perhaps this is something that they'll release just for education. Perhaps it'll be for education and for everyone. I don't know. Kirk McElhern, where do we find more of your stuff? Well, you can find me in an additional place this week, as I mentioned earlier, my new podcast called The Next Track, which is a podcast about how people listen to music today. It's at thenexttrack.com or on iTunes. You can find me at my website, Kirkville. It's at www.mackelhern.com. That's M-C-E-L-H-E-A-R-N.com. And you can find me over at Macworld, where I'm the iTunes guy, and I write about things other than iTunes as well. Kirk McElhern, thanks for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you, Gene. See you again soon. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists. Get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and sling bows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow. A new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one -on -one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom.
Call A Place For Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Today, how to incorporate your business in just 10 minutes so you won't lose everything if you get sued. Step one, stop putting it off. If you're not incorporated and someone sues your business tomorrow, it's not just your business at risk. You can lose everything, your home, your car, even your life savings. Step two, call the following number for a free 10-minute incorporation guide from Incorporate.com. 1-800-941-5257. They don't provide legal or financial advice. They just make incorporating quick and easy. So you can incorporate or form an LLC in just 10 minutes. That number again is 1-800-941-5257. Step three, congratulate yourself. By taking just 10 minutes to incorporate your business or form an LLC, you protected your home, your car, and your life savings. And that is how you incorporate your business in just 10 minutes. But hurry while they're still giving away these 10-minute incorporation guides for free. Call 1-800-941-5257. That's 1-800-941-5257. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors. Not available in all states. What's going to happen next? You never know when you're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. We're here with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. And we're going to do something a little different than what we've done in previous discussions with him. And that is, instead of just talking about computers and Macs and the technology industry, we're going to focus most of the session on pop culture, about those comic book heroes, maybe even about the failure of Batman v Superman, what went wrong with that. But right now, before we do that, Jeff... On June 13th, lucky June 13th, mm-hmm. we will have the keynote for the WWDC with Tim Cook and crew. Yep. What's your expectations? My expectations have changed over the past couple of weeks. I, originally, I was expecting we would see a new MacBook Pro. I don't think that's happening now, but uh, I think that we will get our usual previews of OS X and iOS and I think that uh, we may get a little bit of a surprise announcement, uh, which would be a new Thunderbolt display that has 5K resolution. And if that happens, then we may also get a second surprise, which would be a new Mac Pro, both of which are, are horribly overdue for updates. 
Now, the Mac Pro was last updated in 2013. It was demonstrated at the WWDC and then released in December of 2013. Mm-hmm. Since then, Apple could have updated the graphics hardware, upgraded the Xeon chips. What happened? That's a really good question. And my speculation is that Apple was more focused on their laptop lineup and the iPhone and that the uh, the Mac Pro languished a little bit because of that. But I think that what Apple really wants to do with the Mac Pro, they couldn't before now because the processors that they needed just weren't available. So maybe they've got that sorted out now. But now you think that the newest chips from Intel are worth upgrading. And certainly there are newer graphics chips. So they could just basically sell the same box with those enhancements. Would they change anything else? Uh, They could. But if they have a design that's working for them, you know, it's not a requirement that it gets a new body. I think it's more important that the guts get updated so that people aren't spending today prices on on three-year-old technology. Well, they've wanted to upgrade my guts for a long time. My guts are kind of tired and old, but I don't know. All right, you said you don't expect to see a new MacBook Pro. The only Mac notebook updated so far this year is the MacBook. True. And don't you think at this point that Apple should already have available the latest intel chips for a macbook pro yes but the reason i think we're not going to see a macbook pro is because we haven't seen parts yet well okay we we did see a case shell a couple days ago and it showed usb-c shaped ports so thunderbolt 3 ports on both sides but it was just the bottom shell piece And that's really the first thing we've seen for a new MacBook Pro so far. If we were this close to really uh, releasing a new MacBook Pro, we would have seen other things leak by now. So I I think because we've had such a lack of leaks that the MacBook Pro really is holding out until September for, for its big refresh. They might give us like a little performance boost or something, uh, Uh, at WWDC, but I think the big major redesign isn't coming till this fall. I would have thought the MacBook Air would be updated because it is used in the educational market, and now's the time for school systems to place orders. Okay, that makes sense too. If we do see something for for the MacBook Air, I think it will be incremental updates, like, like a little bit faster processor, a little bit better graphics card. But I don't think we'll see much more than that. And the question is, do we need to see it? I mean, some people say, well, the things are getting long in the tooth. But when you look at Intel hardware, I don't see it being terribly advanced. Yeah, I I would like to see Apple's laptops refresh faster or at least get performance boosts uh, more often than they do. But if it's not worth it, from Apple's perspective, meaning it doesn't make monetary sense, there's no reason to do it. Hey, there's one other thing that I think is going to be really big at WWDC, and this is Siri and artificial intelligence. I have a feeling that Apple is going to to open up Siri more to developers and that we may finally see 
some of the vocal IQ technology that Apple bought last year show up, which means Siri could get really, really smart and even smart enough to the point where she can understand regular sentences instead of just picking out the keywords. That would be pretty cool. Just make it accurate. Yes. Well, that's another place where the vocal IQ technology would come in because vocal IQ, in addition to being smart, being able to adapt and, uh, and to remember context, it, uh, it, it's much better at picking up the words we're saying. Let's move to the world of pop culture. Did you see Batman v Superman at all? No, I actually chose not to go see it. It got uh, awful reviews. And I'm reading now online that they're going to release an ultimate edition when the Blu-ray comes out in July, July 19, are uh-huh. rated with characters who were not in the original film. All right, maybe I'll see that. The, uh, the movie in the theater, I, I initially was really excited when I saw the first teaser trailers and, and they had that, that really strong Frank Miller, Batman, uh, or excuse me, Dark Knight series vibe to them. That, that was pretty awesome. But then as more trailers came along, other than seeing Wonder Woman show up in the trailers, I started losing interest. And by the time the movie came out and uh, I, I let a couple friends go see it before me, just to use him as kind of a gauge. And they came back and said, well, you know, you can wait for this one to, to come out on video. I, I decided, yeah, you know, I'm hearing enough negative about this. Seeing movies is expensive enough, and there are a lot to see this summer. So I just wrote that one off and, uh, and moved on. I am not mentioning the fate of Superman at the end of that film. Okay, good. So, uh, so no spoilers for those that haven't seen it and still want to. Right. Now, they've had a bit of a shakeup over there at DC Comics, and I guess they're going to exert more control over the first Justice League movie that's being filmed now. I think they want more humor, not so dark, not so dreary. Well, they've probably been taking notes by watching how Marvel makes movies. And they've been watching how uh well they've probably also been watching what sony did with uh with with deadpool well the so- other thing to watch is the cw and see how the dc comics characters are treated they've got supergirl moving to the cw for the second season mm-hmm. they got the flash they've got arrow which is green arrow and they have legends of tomorrow and they do explore dark themes like in green arrow and the arrow one of the lead characters was killed off Mm-hmm. But still, these are much, much cheerier shows. You feel positive at the end of a season. Yeah, I'd say Arrow is the darkest of the shows. Arrow borrows a lot from Batman, mm-hmm. obviously. They're borrowing a lot of things from Batman. And you have to think that Oliver Queen is kind of a Bruce Wayne character. Not that he lost his parents as a kid. But he did lose his parents as an adult. He mm-hmm. did suffer lots of loss. We have more to come. Pop culture. We're moving from movies to TV. More to come. 
With Jeff Gamet, I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also print catalogs. Convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. The best-kept secret in the firearms business is CDNNSports.com. CDNN Sports is the largest firearms liquidator in the U.S. We've got optics, accessories, gun parts, magazines, ammunition, and more. Sign up for our email specials today for the best gun deals, period. You will also be entered to win a Winchester 101 field shotgun. Go to Charlie, Delta, November, NovemberSports.com. That's CDNNSports.com. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like.
Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro 1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. You never know what's going to happen next while listening to the Tech Night Isle live with Gene Steinberg. So we finally done did it, folks. We wanted to talk about pop culture on the Tech Night Isle live, and Jeff Gambit is here to do it. We also want to tell you about a way to get this show commercial-free. It's by signing up for the Tech Night Owl Plus. Go to plus.technightowl.com, P-L-U-S.technightowl.com. For a low subscription rate, our price, as they say in Mad Magazine, cheap. For a low subscription rate, sign up at plus.technightowl.com. Get the commercial-free version of the show. We remove 41 minutes of network ads. Okay, so we know that Marvel Comics has it all over DC in the movies so far. Mm-hmm. That Batman v Superman was dreary. It grossed eight hundred seventy-one million, which is a lot. But in many fewer days, Captain America: Civil War, which must have been a dark kind of movie, grossed one point one billion and still going strong. Have you seen the Captain America movie yet? I have not seen any movies in a while. For many, many reasons. I have seen all the stuff on TV. Now, I have to tell you that if you want a dark kind of comic book show, Gotham, which is the prequel to Batman. I am loving Gotham. Right. And they've got Bruce Wayne being played by a Sephardic Jew. So Bruce Wayne is Jewish. David Mazus is the guy who plays the young Bruce Wayne. He's 15 now. He's growing fast. And he was in that TV series Touch with Kiefer Sutherland. Remember that? Oh, yeah. I he was an autistic that. kid who sensed patterns in numbers and things. It was kind of almost resembling heroes. Yeah. Okay. I saw a couple episodes of Touch. I had totally forgotten about that show, which probably accounts for why it's not on anymore. We expect to see Kiefer Sutherland be an action hero. And he was decidedly not an action hero on that show. He looked just kind of like overwhelmed, an overwhelmed father trying to cope with a son who has unlocked a worldwide conspiracy and they've got this secret agency going after him. I think he really does a good job with Gotham as the young Bruce Wayne. And the fellow who plays Alfred the Butler is the son of a Doctor Who. Yes. Yes, John Pertwee's son. And it's amazing how, as he has gotten older, he looks more and more like his dad. To the point now where if if uh, BBC wanted to do a Doctor Who, a multi-doctor thing, where they brought in John Pertwee's doctor, then uh, uh, he could totally play his dad's part. I mean, it's, I mean, it's almost freaky how much he looks like his dad. 
Well, I mean, that's true with a lot of people, but he's also very good. And he plays a tougher kind of Alfred. You know, he's a former, I think, soldier or intelligence agent. And he goes out there and he fights the criminals, too. But it mm-hmm. takes on kind of a Tim Burton kind of demeanor in the way that the villains are being treated, don't you think? Y- yes. Um, although I'm lo- I just love Penguin. The, they could have done the entire series focused on Penguin. Robin Lloyd Taylor. Oh, he's amazing. He it steals the show. This guy is an incredible young actor, and he's got to be what? Oh, I'm taking a look right now. He's in his actually he's, he's in his late thirties. He's old. Oh, around. really? He was born in 1978. He's he's older than I thought. He'll be 38 as we record this. He'll be 38 when you hear this show. Robin Lloyd Taylor is going to be 38 years old. So we should all send him a happy birthday. That's right. Happy birthday. He steals the show as Oswald Cobblepot, also known as the Penguin. He's just wonderful. Uh, the I, Season one, when I first started watching Gotham, I think if Penguin hadn't been in the show, I would have lost interest fairly quickly. But Penguin kept me coming back and... And then the other characters started to develop more and to grow, and and we learned more about about this Alfred, the the hardcore Alfred, which is pretty. Well, at first, I was like, "Oh, that's not what Alfred is." You know, Alfred's just the the kind of clever, but uh, but works from the shadows, Butler. And here's this guy that's that's hardcore. I mean, he has military training. He's been special ops, and uh, and he can fight with the best of them. And he can take a bullet and keep going. And he started to grow on me. And after a little while, I'm like, all right, I kind of like this. I I kind of want to see an Alfred Batman team up because they'd both be pretty hardcore together. Well, obviously, this show would have to go on seven eight years before. Bruce Wayne is old enough to become Batman, a young Batman, early 20s kind of Batman. Now, Mm -hmm. I'm ambivalent about Ben McKenzie. He's kind of bland, but he can show some intensity as James Gordon. Of course, the people who've played Commissioner Gordon in the movies, you know, I don't think have been necessarily all that great. Yeah, they're, they're, they're okay. And, and, you know, I think the problem hasn't so much been the actors. I think it's been the way the characters were written in the movies. They tried with Gary Oldman's rendition yeah. of Jim Gordon in Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises to show more of a character. And this guy has a home and he has a family. And by the Dark Knight Rises, his commitment to his office where he's now commissioner is so much that his wife has left him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think Gary Oldman's Commissioner Gordon, or Jim Gordon, is the best out of all the movies. I, I, I felt like it was a more real character. And, you know, and then if you go back like, to, the, uh, to the first Tim Burton Batman movie, they might as well have not included Jim Gordon in the movie. They, they could have used other characters for what it was that Jim Gordon did. 
but you know, it's part of the Batman mythos. So you kind of have to have the character and it felt like he was there because they had to have him, not because he was an integral part of the story. Now, speaking of Alfred's Jeremy Irons, as you know, plays Alfred in the justice league movies and also Batman v Superman. I don't know. He plays someone who's a younger Alfred, more directly involves a partner to Batman. Which is kind of an interesting way to do it. Now, remember here, as much as we think they've invented this, the movies and the TV shows all take very heavily from the comic books, different versions of the comic books. So there is a graphic novel where things that happen in Batman v Superman do happen. Yes, the the Frank Miller Dark Knight series. And that's, as a matter of fact, to some degree, Tim Burton went there for very dark Batman. Christopher Nolan definitely went there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, getting to Gotham. I don't yes. know. I like. I think the villains are kind of overdone. But I like this show. As I said, I don't know about Ben McKenzie. He used to be on a TV show called Southland as a police officer. As Commissioner Gordon, I think the other players are pretty good, though. What's his name? B.D. Wong? Mm-hmm. He's, yeah. I, he's just, what's a good way to describe it? Deliciously creepy. And he's a little guy. He's like 5'4 or something like that. He's a little guy who makes himself look bigger. And as you know, he played an FBI psychiatrist in the Law & Order series, B.D. Wong. Oh, I didn't know that, but I was never really into Law & Order. Right. So he plays Hugo Strange here. And I think that's also pretty good. Jada Pinkett Smith as Fish Mooney, a character not from the comics, apparently. She does very well. And she's back now. Mm-hmm. She had disappeared for most of the season, supposedly being killed off. But of course, with comic books, nobody is ever killed off in a comic book. Or few That's people. Right. Yep. And, uh, and at first, I didn't like uh, Fish, but I think it's because it was a new character. And over time, though, the way Fish evolved, that became an interesting character. And seeing the the adversity that she had to overcome and the strength that she showed as she was was uh, fighting through all the the trials that she had to deal with. Let's break it here. Get back. We got Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg on the Tech Night Out Live. for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. 
If you want to get your website online and you need reliable service, first-class service at the lowest possible price, there's only one place to go. Well, DreamHost has a special promotion with our show where they'll offer you unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, one-click web apps such as WordPress, 24-7 support. You can save over $55. You want to know how? Go to dreamhost.com radio, dreamhost.com radio. Cancer categorizes over 100 diseases. Though we do not diagnose, treat, or cure cancer, GCN team is offering the Clemson University study where there was up to a 95% reduction in cancerous cells when exposed to a plant-derived mineral supplement. If you or a loved one are searching for answers to this horrifying disease, come to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. We'll email you a copy for free. That's 877-878-4203. Would you like to receive $250 to $1,000 cash per day? Go to richmoneyrich.com. No website, no selling, no explaining. Just take these simple two steps and go to richmoneyrich.com. You can be generating cash in the next 24 hours simply using this system. Good news is it runs on 100% autopilot, and you don't need any experience to get started. It's easy. Get your share of easy riches and go to richmoneyrich.com. That's richmoneyrich.com. Go now. Brought to you by the Conservative Investor. Current returns not indicative of future results. Welcome back to the Tech Night Owl Live, where you never know what's going to happen next. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So anyway, I'll be interested in seeing now, as we go to another season of Gotham, where they take this and as we see Bruce Wayne's growth as he becomes more and more adept. Because obviously, you see, he's a 15-year-old kid who acts like a 19-year-old. He's much more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. Yes, true. And I'm interested to see where they take Jim Gordon's character, because in season two, I really didn't like where they took him. It, It didn't feel like a Commissioner Gordon to me. Because he's working on the edge. And that right. working on the edge is not something that you expect of Commissioner Gordon. He's supposed to be the straight up, straight arrow. And maybe what they're saying is he went through this as a part of his growth. Right, which is why I'm interested to see where this, this path goes, even though I don't like where it is right now. Okay, let's move back to Arrow briefly. And he was a very dark character, Oliver Queen. But once he adopted the true Green Arrow mask... They tried to lighten it up slightly. Yeah, and that felt kind of weird. Uh, Only because it took me a lot of effort to get into Arrow. Because it just, it felt like it was too forced. And if they had kept Arrow, Oliver Queen's character, like it was in Smallville, which I, I think was a much more approachable and fun, yet still broken person, I think I would have had an easier time getting into Arrow. Maybe that's just because it would have been more familiar to me. But nonetheless, when they added in a little bit more of a lighthearted flair, it felt like this really weird, almost contrived change. That said, as the series has been progressing, it's getting so much better. If the feel of season one had continued on, that show would not be on the air. Now, David Ramsey plays his friend John Diggle, former military intelligence officer. But 
David Ramsey also plays on another TV series. I don't know if you know that. Blue Bloods, no, the Tom Selleck vehicle where he plays the patriarch in this family of police officers. Mm-hmm. The mayor of the city of New York, who in that series is in a wheelchair because he was shot, is played by David Ramsey. He only appears like every few episodes for a short time. I guess he has to fly back down to New York from Vancouver where they film Arrow. Huh, I had no idea he, he was in, in Tom Selleck's show. Now, of course, wow. we all like John Barrowman, Malcolm Merlin. You almost forget his role in Torchwood because he's so distinctive in this one where he's a guy who's pushing 50 and he's mm-hmm. a first-class action hero. He beats up everybody and it takes a few years for Arrow to become as adept as John Malcolm Merlin. John Barrowman's awesome. The first time I saw him in Doctor Who, I thought, what a fun character. And then when they kept Captain Jack around, I was really happy with that because really what a fun character. So, of course, I was pleased when Torchwood came along and the, and the Torchwood miniseries movie stuff. Yeah, that was great because John Barrowman's awesome. So uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that he is a strong character in Arrow because it would be so easy for the studios to say, oh, well, he's a little bit older. And uh, so, so, you know, we can't have him do these, these action things because it just won't be believable. No, they're totally letting him go for it. And it's awesome. Emily Bett Rickards, Felicity Smoke. I think she's a terrific young lady. She really is really good. It's hard to believe she's only 25. Oh, really? Yeah. She's only 25. And she's got a really, really big resume. She started getting credits in 2012. And she's been doing everything. And of course, now, in addition to Arrow, she's played Felicity Smoke on The Flash four or five times (laughs) for all these crossovers. So she has definitely... Definitely done a lot of work, and I think she's become a culture hero as a result of this. That's really good. And that is mm-hmm. Arrow. We have to see how that ends up next year, because right now, as they defeat the villain, was it Damien Dark or something? Mm-hmm. He is gone, and now everybody has left Team Arrow to get their act together. So it's just Oliver and Felicity to man the fort. So we have to see what happens next year. They're going to have, by the way, the CW, a four-way crossover in December with the cast of Arrow, with the cast of The Flash, also the cast of Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl, who is now joining the CW. We'll go into that in a moment. Now, The Flash is interesting because just the other day, I spent a number of hours watching 22 episodes of the original Flash on TV from 1990. Ever see those shows? Oh, yes. I remember watching them when they were on. And uh, that's when The Flash finally became cool for me. Now, Barry Allen was played by John Wesley Shipp, who plays Barry Allen's dad in the new series. It's very interesting how they bring back performers from older series. Yeah, that is cool. That is really cool. So John Wesley Shipp, and now he plays the original Flash, going forward to season three. Yeah, that's cool. Now Amanda Pays plays Christina McGee, who is the one and only member of Team Flash, was just Barry and Tina. 
And they never quite got together romantically. It was always that little hint thrown there, but they never pursued it. Mm-hmm. And the character Christina McGee, same actress now in her 50s, plays a different version of the character in The Flash with Grant Gustin as The Flash. Now, when we look back to The Flash back in 1990 and 1991, it lasted only one season. I don't know what the ratings were. It was on CBS, which is kind of a strange place for a superhero show. And it was probably then on the wrong network. The theme song was done mm-hmm. by Danny Elfman. Yep. With a kind of reminiscent of the theme from Batman, which he also wrote. Yeah, and I think that was on purpose. Not not like he did it on purpose, but he was told, we need to have that familiarity. Make it Batman-like. Make now it Batman-like. here, although this story is supposed to take place in 1990 and 1991, it's very interesting. A lot of it is 1940s style. If you look at the sets, many of the cars are 1940s vehicles, even though you're seeing technology from 1990, 1991. An interesting yeah. kind of style there, kind of an old-fashioned style. A lot of it is forced. Not all of the performances were good, but I thought that Amanda Pays as Tina McGee and John Wesley Shipp were pretty good. He played a very yeah. intense kind of guy, very emotional, kind of gets carried away with what he does. and has to be brought down to earth a little bit. But... Mm-hmm. His character also tended to be a little darker than Grant Gustin, who has this very cheery kind of atmosphere, although he has a lot of sadness, too. True. Well, the the current Flash character is younger than the the 1990s Flash character. So I think there's some some youthfulness that we get because of that and, and maybe a more positive outlook because of the fact that he's younger. But it, either way, I think playing the character a little bit younger and a little bit more lighthearted is totally appropriate for this. We don't need another heavy, dark, Dark Knight Returns style character on uh, TV right now in, in the superhero genre. Now, when he did the series, the original series, John Wesley's ship was in his early 30s. Mm-hmm. He's now pushing 61. And so they played a character in his 30s. So you feel this guy has had some life experience and everything, and he lives independently. Whereas Grand Gustin is a guy playing a character in his early 20s. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of a difference there. And if you look at the actual age of Grant Gustin, he is 26. Okay. And so he's maybe worked as a CSI, a police scientist, for a few years, but he has a lot to learn. And for the most part, he was living with his father figure. So he's living, of course, with Detective West as kind of a surrogate son, but he's, he's in love with Detective West's daughter, Iris. More to come on the Tech Night Out Live. <laughs> Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. 
Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on this special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. First came Attack of the Rockoids, and it was a critically acclaimed success. And now there is the coming of the Protectors. A former military intelligence man is contacted by a space woman in a dream. A dream that turns out to be a nightmare, because evil forces on our distant planet are planning to conquer the Earth. This is gripping science fiction of the classic kind. Attack of the Rockoids and the coming of the Protectors. Find out more at Rockoids.com. That's Rockoids, R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S, dot com. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Are you worried about how dangerous the world has become? In these days of terrorist attacks, natural disasters, or even a future collapse, you need to be medically prepared to keep your family safe. I'm Joe Alton, MD of store.doomandbloom.net, where you'll find an entire line of uniquely designed medical kits and supplies for when help is not on the way. For everything from individual first aid kits to the ultimate family medical bag, go to store.doomandbloom.net today. That's store.doomandbloom.net. You'll be glad you did. The following is an incredible, life-changing, free offer for anyone with hearing problems who wants to start hearing everything more clearly again. We're now offering free in-home trials of a revolutionary hearing breakthrough called Listen Clear to anyone who calls this special toll-free number now. 1-800-957-9364. Call in the next 10 minutes and you'll also qualify for free shipping and free batteries for life. ListenClear is precisely designed by top audio engineers. It adjusts to let you find the perfect way to hear everything, wherever you are and whatever you're doing. And ListenClear is so invisible, people may not even know you're wearing it. And it's so lightweight, you may even forget you're wearing it too. Don't miss this special life-changing opportunity to hear everything more clearly again for free with a 100% free in-home trial, free shipping, and even free batteries for life. For free information, call now. 1-800-957-9364. That's 1-800-957-9364. 1-800-957-9364. Hi, this is Dr. Joel Wallach, the Mineral Doctor. You've heard me talk about 90 for Life for years. 60 minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, 2 fatty acids. You may not know this, that I've actually designed Arthur decks for animals. That's right. Your pets need 90 for Life, too. Get this essential pet product by calling 877-279-9422. That's 877-279-9422. Again, 877-279-9422. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Tech Night Owl Live, please send it to news at technightowl.com. That's news at technightowl.com. 
If you'd like to discuss today's show with fellow Night Owls, visit our community forums at forum.technightowl.com. That's forum.technightowl.com. Kind of a different version of the show as we cover pop culture. I'm Gene Steinberg with Jeff Gammon of the Mac Observer, and we're looking at pop culture and some of the TV series, the comic book series, and we'll get into other stuff in the future. But right now, we look at the performers in The Flash. Jesse L. Martin is a Broadway star, by the way, and he played a very popular continuing role on the original Law & Order, lest we forget. He appeared in 198 episodes as Detective Green, all right? Okay. And now he's Detective West. In one episode where they go to another dimension, another Earth, he is seen as a singer. Which, of course, is what he is. I, guess oh, I haven't seen Broadway that star. episode, but that's awesome. He's a Broadway star, so it's good to see him doing like that. Grant Gustin, by the way, came from Glee, where he right. appeared with Melissa Benoist, and he is also a singer. He did a karaoke segment in one episode, so you got a chance to see that. You know, I think it's fun when shows can take advantage of the other talents that their actors have and do it in a way where it doesn't feel gratuitous and it sounds like they totally nailed it in flash that's great so we have another standout performer zoom played by teddy sears who claimed to be jay garrick but that was not true because jay garrick was the man in the iron mask as portrayed by john wesley ship who is the original earth three flash do you understand what i'm saying here (laughs) you know this is the problem with dc comics And it's a problem that Marvel is getting themselves into trying to sort out. They created this reality for their characters that was so complicated that it it was like saying, so we have the the Flash from Earth 3, who's actually this other guy from Earth 1. But if you look at, at the way he acts in Earth 32, are you confused? You won't be after this episode of Soap. Well, and you have to think of it this way. With the Flash, the older 60-something Flash from Earth 3 looks just like Barry Allen's dad. But to make matters worse, he reveals that that last name Garrick is in his family. So there's a reason why that happens in a different Earth. To make matters even more confusing, when they wanted to have a crossover, Supergirl and the Flash, Grant Mm -hmm. Gustin, Melissa Benoist, because you've not seen a reference to Superman, Supergirl, Batman, any of those characters on Arrow or Flash, which take place in the same universe, they suggested that Supergirl lived in a different Earth. And so the Flash, accidentally trying to test his speed, finds himself on another Earth where he encounters Supergirl. See, I like it better where they all just live in the same world. Now that's interesting, because what's happening in The Flash in Season 3 is something that's called in the comics The Flashpoint. In the Mm -hmm. final scene of Season 2, The Flash saves Nora Allen, who was killed when he was a child. He goes back through time, prevents the reverse Flash from killing her. Suddenly he has changed the past, which changes the future. Right. And has implications amongst the multiverse. 
So they might be in some ways creating a lot of wacky plot situations till they get it together in season three of The Flash and maybe impacting the Arrow as well. But they might also be impacting Supergirl and maybe through this plot trick, which is very complicated, get her into the same universe. That's pretty complicated. I think they should have just said, oh yeah, they're all part of the same universe and uh, not worried about the fact that there there haven't been these references to these other superheroes. And just, just roll with it. Because you could start weaving that in here and there along the way so it just feels kind of like natural. and That's what I would have done. But maybe this is why I don't work in movies and TV. Well, you see, what bothers me about the DC Comics universe is you have a separate universe for the movies as compared to TV. So the Flash in the movies is going to be by a different actor. If they were to actually introduce a physical Superman in Supergirl, because all you see are just shadows and miniatures. There is no actor except somebody who was a stunt man who wore the uniform for one or two episodes for a few seconds. There's no actor chosen to be Superman. Now, some suggest it should be Tom Welling, because Tom Welling is the right age now. He's in his mid-30s. The series was mostly concentrated on Clark Kent developing his superpowers, finding his place in the world in Smallville. Mm -hmm. And there's this cross-pollination of characters. And that's something we only explored very briefly in John Wesley's ship and Amanda Pays. But it's more than that. In, In Supergirl, they have Helen Slater, who played Supergirl in the 1980s movie that did very, very poorly. Right. Plays Kara's adopted mom. They have Dean Cain, who played Superman in Lois and Clark in the early 90s, playing... Her adopted dad. That's right. Jeremiah Danvers, the adopted dad. So far, he's been in two or three episodes. And there is now, at the end of the last episode of Supergirl, they're still going to look for him at Project Cadmus, which is the special laboratory that normally does experimentations with aliens and does all sorts of evil things. It is, as James Olsen said, the reason that Superman won't work for the government because of Project Cadmus. Supposedly, Jeremiah Danvers is being kept a captive. So we'll see more of Dean Cain in the coming season. Laura Vandevort, who played Supergirl in Smallville, comes back playing Indigo, a brainiac computerized being. Mm-hmm. in Supergirl, all right? Don't ask me to explain that. She also played the first female werewolf in the world in Bitten, which bit the dust, by the way, this year. They they wrapped up that series on the Sci-Fi Network. So we also have that as a connection. But bringing back characters from other versions is interesting. By the way, The Flash featured Mark Hamill as Trickster. Which was Both. awesome. Right. The original had him on two episodes, and they brought him back for another episode on the new Flash. the same trickster. The same actor. And we know they're going to do that. As a matter of fact, the woman who played the original Wonder Woman, remember her? Linda Carter. Linda Carter will play the president of the United States in Supergirl, upcoming season. I really like Linda Carter. I haven't seen her do much of anything in recent years. 
You know, I haven't seen her do much of anything for a long time either. But but a while ago, I went back and started watching the the Wonder Woman TV series from the 70s. And when I watched it as a kid, it was just a lot of fun. Watching rewatching it as an adult where I have so much more life experience, I'm really impressed with what Linda Carter was doing and with what they did with that show. We got more to come with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberger in the Tech Night How Live. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Vaping enthusiasts, head to VaporPalace.com. Choose from over 150 flavors and a selection of exclusive private stock vapor liquid you won't find anywhere else. New flavors are added every month, and our customer service is unbeatable. VaporPalace.com offers 15% off all vapor liquid on Fridays and get 10% off every order with coupon code VAPOR10 at checkout. Combine the codes on Fridays for 25% off. The ultimate destination for the vaping enthusiast. VaporPalace.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Nick Soboleski, a select quote agent with a true story that could save you hundreds of dollars a year. A woman named Linda just called. Her husband, Ray, has a $300,000 group life insurance policy, but is changing jobs and can't take it with him. Well, I impartially shopped the highly rated term life insurance companies we represent and found Ray, who is 41 and takes medication to control his cholesterol, a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $26 a month. That's almost twice the coverage for less than half of what he had paid. If SelectQuote hasn't shopped for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 1-800-403-4885. That's 1-800-403-4885. 1-800-403-4885. Or go to SelectQuote.com. We shop. You save. Get full details on the example policy at slowquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health issuing company and other factors not available in all states. Here's Dr. Paul Meyer, Christian psychiatrist 
author of 85 books and founder of the national chain Meyer Clinics, to tell you about Two Your Health Liquid Vitamins. I've been taking these every day for over a decade now, and I try to encourage every one of my clients to take them every day. And there's a number of reasons. First of all, it's the, it's the best vitamins you can get. It's got dozens of vitamins, antioxidants, and nutrients in it. And then the most important reason why I do it as a psychiatrist and, and recommend it to my patients is because it's got brain food in it. It's got the essential amino acids. It's got tryptophan, phenylalanine, tyrosine, choline, vitamin B6. And these chemicals that are all natural from food turn into the brain chemicals that make you happy. To Your Health is delicious. Find out more today. Call us 800-801-3459 or visit online at mytoyourhealth.com. Use the coupon code RADIO15 for a 15% discount on your order. That's mytoyourhealth.com. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl Live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. Now, of course, we know that the new Wonder Woman is Israeli, Gal Gadot, and she was actually she was a member of the Israeli army at one time, mm-hmm. a model, an actress. She was in Fast and Furious. And they said she's too thin. But when they saw her in the uniform, the new uniform for Wonder Woman, they said she steals Batman v Superman. She's not in for long. Yes, that, I've heard that from several people. It's the only reason they say to go see the movie is to watch Gal Gadot scenes. And one more thing about it. In the movie, Wonder Woman, which is being filmed now, I guess it'll be released next year, her boyfriend is played by Captain Kirk. That's right, Chris Pine. I, I've seen some stills from from the shooting, and if the stills just play out anything like what they what they portray, I think it's going to be a fun movie. Wonder Woman. Any case, let's get back to Supergirl. Now, Supergirl, I guess, kind of had a mixed reception on the part of some, mostly because it took a while to figure out what they wanted to do with it. You know, it had a little bit of this rom-com stuff that they had to deal with. They tried to force the relationship with Supergirl and the grown-up James Olsen, Mm -hmm. which kind of came to fruition at the end of the series. New for the TV series was Alex Danvers, her adoptive sister, There's no such character in the comic books. But she and Kyler Lee, Melissa Benoist, have a great relationship, and you see it on screen. They do very well. Yeah, which is really nice. They also didn't know what to do with Hank Henshaw character at the beginning. There is a Hank Henshaw in the comic books, but he's not what he becomes here. David Harewood, British subject, comes there, and he, he has this great personality that you didn't see early on in Supergirl because... He tended to be kind of a nasty kind of guy. And then you learn he's really Jean Jones, the Martian Manhunter. Which is a fun surprise. And I, I'm glad that Martian Manhunter is showing up in Supergirl because that's always been such a fun character. I have to see where that goes because you have this very ugly guy who's a shapeshifter, but everybody falls in love with his character. But he's afraid to be in public. Initially, because he says to Supergirl, you look like a 
like a cheerleader. Look what I look like. Yeah. Well, and to be fair, with that costume, she does look a lot like a cheerleader. Yes, she does. And she says it feels to her like a dance uniform because obviously she was brought up dancing and singing. Mm -hmm. Jeremy Jordan, who's a Broadway star, plays Winshot Jr., who is the son of Toy Man, a traditional character in DC Comics. He makes one appearance there. Callista Flockhart plays Cat Grant. And it's interesting how the character developed because she was very much a cliche at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then you realize beneath this exterior, she's got all this wisdom to impart. So she becomes a surrogate mother for Kara because she's showing her about the world and helping her along. And towards the end of the season, they become bosom buddies. They hug and everything. And Kara gets a new job, which also means that possibly you won't see as much of Cat Grant. Another reason is because they're moving the show to Vancouver from L.A. And one of the reasons supposedly Calista Flockhart took the role of Cat Grant was because she lives in L.A. But then mm-hmm. her husband, Harrison Han Solo, mm-hmm. Harrison Ford could just fly her. I also expect she will be back. They don't say how many episodes. But the way her character is developed, most of the scenes could be done in a few days for several episodes. She doesn't have to come there and spend six months of her life. She'd come in for maybe a few days at a time, film a few episodes and come back. And Mm. with the proper continuity, they'll be able to make it look like she's been there all along. I I hope that they keep her character as as a major role like it is right now, because I'm really enjoying seeing Callista Flockhart in this. And the thing to bear in mind, too, here is that it's also easier because of the fact that Kara now has a separate office. She doesn't have to interact with her all the time, but it's good that they do. During the series, the key death was her aunt, Kara's aunt. Mm-hmm. Which, of course, we knew would happen because, she, I mean, she was set up as the bad guy. Astra was killed, the twin sister of Alora, who's Supergirl's mother. And part of it is there is that Laura Bonanti is a Broadway star. And they cut back on her role because she had taken a Broadway part. And yep, therefore, that makes sense. That makes sense. So that's why they killed her off. But she could still come on and play the hologram right. of Kara's mother. Yeah. And the way this works in TV shows, I just assumed that the character would be killed. Because you, you always need to have the tidy wrap-up for characters on, on TV. And even if it takes a long time to get there, but but you get there. So the tidy wrap-up for this was that she had to die. So they got that. And you're right. She can still do the hologram thing. And it's it's not like she can't ever be in the show again. Now, Chris Vance played Nan in the final episode of the season. He gets his brains burned out by Supergirl's heat vision. Okay? Now, the Nan in Superman 2 particularly with somebody who was lobotomized, a mute. So mm-hmm. now he becomes the non that you remember from Superman 2. That was a clever way to make that happen. Exactly. Now, as far as Chris Vance, he also played in the TV version of Transporter, the Jason Statham movie series. He played the TV oh, version. Oh, okay. 
I forgot about that. That's right. If you look at his credits, he's been on a lot of different TV series over the years. Prison Break, Burn Notice, Dexter. <gasps> That's right, Dexter. Also, Rizzoli and Isles. So yeah, he's he been around. And so we expect we'll see him more. Indigo will be back because Laura Vandervoort needs a job now. Sure. So we're sure she'll be back. Obviously, Mikad Brooks, who's a rapper, by the way. That explains the name. Very funny in interviews. He plays the grown-up Jimmy Olsen, who therefore is only called James. Right. So therefore, Kara falls for an older man, who's somebody who's supposed to be like 10 years older than her, and has life experience and has worked with Superman for well over a decade. Yeah. You know, when, uh, when we first saw James Olsen in the series... Uh, the character bothered me because I felt like he should be much younger, but I was trying to, I was trying to fit my vision of, of the character in to that show. And of course it didn't work. And And remember also in Supergirl, Superman has been on earth for a dozen years already. What happened, of course, is that Kara gets caught in the Phantom Zone and spends 24 years before she gets to Earth at the age of 12. So Superman's been here already. So we assume that, therefore, Jimmy Olsen has been around for 10 years of that, perhaps, as a cub reporter and photographer. So now he's a guy in his mid-30s. And that makes perfect sense. sense for the character. What would Jimmy Olsen be 10 years later? He's James Olsen. He's an art director. He's got mm-hmm. a cool surprise. He's a guy who has lived his life. Right. And, uh, and, and I have to keep reminding myself that, that Smallville doesn't fit in with the rest of the DC continuity on, uh, for television shows. So the fact that, that Clark Kent encountered Kara when uh, they were both about the same age and the fact that Jimmy Olsen was the same age as him and they were friends. uh, That's, I think, why I was having trouble with James Olsen at the beginning of of Supergirl. We got more to come. One more segment with Jeff Gamut of the Mac Observer. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Tech Night Out Live. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that too in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats, I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. 
There's nothing more enticing and intoxicating than the finest meat cooking on an open flame. Freeze-dried meat from NewHarvest.com is U.S. grown, 100% all-natural with no extra fillers. Just grass-fed beef and free-range chicken guaranteed to stay fresh and delicious. Add New Harvest freeze-dried meats to your current food storage. You'll buy direct from the factory, not a third party, ensuring the best price and the highest quality. See all our products at NewHarvestFoods.com. That's NewHarvestFoods.com. Vaping enthusiasts, head to VaporPalace.com. Choose from over 150 flavors and a selection of exclusive private stock vapor liquid you won't find anywhere else. New flavors are added every month, and our customer service is unbeatable. VaporPalace.com offers 15% off all vapor liquid on Fridays and get 10% off every order with coupon code VAPOR10 at checkout. Combine the codes on Fridays for 25% off. The ultimate destination for the vaping enthusiast. VaporPalace.com. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Dr. Joe Wallach is not your typical doctor. Both a veterinarian and naturopathic physician, Dr. Wallach asked, why does America spend more money on health care by far and yet ranks 50th in health and longevity worldwide? The doctor believes that people should be empowered with a basic understanding of nutrition, then take charge of their life to attain optimal health and longevity through nutrition, not by toxic prescription drugs that lead to side effects, requiring more toxic prescription drugs. Talk about being dependent on drug companies to our own destruction, no less. This is clearly a deadly recipe. Doc Wallach's message is resonating with an increasing number of Americans who are waking up to all the government and big pharma manipulation of our health care system. I like what Doc Wallach is saying and doing to enlighten people and have joined forces to help this tireless crusader spread his message. Visit GCNMinerals.com and listen to Dr. Wallach's deadly recipes lecture. It makes a lot of sense and I invite you to join the GCN Minerals team. Go to GCNMinerals.com. That's GCNMinerals.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. You're listening to the Tech Night Owl live with Gene Steinberg. You never know what's going to happen next. So we continue here. If you didn't watch Smallville, I only caught it like towards the end, and I always thought that it was such an overdone series, Smallville, although it was on for like 10 years or something like that. I just thought it went on forever. And they kept it going far, far too long, partly because they didn't want to show him wearing a costume or anything until like the very end. Right, yeah, because the rule for the show was no tights, no flights. So the only time they could really get away with that was at the very, very, very end. 
And they, of course, played the John Williams Superman theme. Of course, because that's the only thing you can play at that point. Would you like to see Tom Welling play Superman for Supergirl? I think it would be fun to see him do that just because we we got to see him essentially grow up to be Superman on screen. And it, it would be fun to see him now as an adult Superman. But if they found someone else that they decided it was more appropriate to play the adult Superman, okay, I, I'd, I'd be fine with that. Just seeing Tom do it, it, I think that would just be fun. Henry Cavill's not going to do it. They're separating the movies from the TV shows, which I think is kind of unfortunate. I think they could have done something better there. I agree. This is another place where they should have followed Marvel's lead because Marvel has made sure that all their properties, TV and movie, they all integrate. And that's really good because it it makes it a lot easier to jump from series to series, not have to keep track of which version of this character are they talking about now because it's always the same character. Now, I understand Tom Welling has a development deal with CBS. He's going to play like a spy or something, but obviously an action hero. So certainly he could bulk up, which was one thing he'd have to do to be Superman. He could bulk up 10, 20 pounds, put on the uniform and not necessarily be there very often because you don't want to overshadow Supergirl. Have him maybe just show him with his glasses and a suit as Clark Kent every so often to talk to Kara on the phone or something, and then our very, very rare occasion have him fly in. Yeah, you can't have Superman on the show very often because that makes it even harder to overcome what I think is the biggest problem with Supergirl, which is all of this stuff that she's having to deal with, with the really big super bad guys. That, to me, is stuff that... Superman would have shown up for and taken care of. And they would have teamed up for a lot of this stuff. Many of the things that Supergirl is having to deal with are things that Superman would have handled before she was even around or before she could have even got to wherever the incident was taking place. Which is not to say that I think he is better because he's Superman, but he's been around. There's a lot of things that Kara's dealing with that have been building up over time, Superman would have known about those long before Kara did, therefore would have handled them. So it just feels like there's this weird thing with, well, why isn't Superman here? So bringing him in regularly, I think, would make that a a bigger issue. Well, you bring him in only occasionally so he doesn't have to play that role because there was one episode where Superman, the shadow of Superman, or the, the mist or the clouded version of Superman saves Supergirl, And she resents it. Mm -hmm. She wants to be her own person. And then later on in Myriad, where because he's lived on Earth, his brain is susceptible. He's lived on Earth all his life, practically. His brain is susceptible to the mental radiation. So that kind of knocks him out completely. Right. So therefore, Kara, not growing up with Sesame Street. Yeah, with the Earth brainwaves. Right. Is able to survive. And I thought that's good. Peter Fascinelli plays the, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know if you want to call him Lex Luthor or not, but he's kind of a, a character of mixed morals, Maxwell Lord. Very rich guy who basically is like Donald Trump in a way. He's ruthless. He'll do whatever it takes, but he's also a brilliant scientist. And it takes him the entire season to accept Supergirl as not a potential menace. 
mm-hmm. and he does things that get her in trouble. And finally, it seems like they made up until the final scene where General Lane and Maxwell Lord are exchanging alien technology. Remember that scene? No, I didn't see that yet. That's in Better Angels. Okay. The final episode of the season. And the big thing they're weighing in season two is a pod similar to the spacecraft in which Kara lands on Earth. Mm-hmm. A pod lands in the final scene, and she and the Martian Manhunter go to see what's going on after having a big celebration at her apartment. She goes and flies out there, and she opens the porthole of this spaceship. Mm-hmm. And then you see in her eyes, oh, my God, what is that? So the question is, what does she see and who's going to be featured in the next season? One theory is that Project Cadmus created a clone of Superman who becomes, as he grows older, Superboy. And that's who's in a spaceship. Oh, so she she would be surprised because she's seeing baby Kal-El again. Except Kal-El is maybe 16 years old. Yeah. So it's really kind of freaky. We don't know that. We don't know who's in there. There was another kind of crazy theory that the final couple of scenes where Kara is rescued by her sister when she saves the Earth and takes Fort Ross and throws it into space and everything and loses consciousness and she's saved by her adoptive sister, Alex, using Kara's own spaceship, that everything after that was a dream. She didn't get another job at CatCo. She didn't have this celebration with her mom and all her friends. So when she opens the spaceship inside, that's her in the spaceship as a grown woman, and she wakes up. All right, well... That's too weird, I think. That's too weird. You know, and the whole, it was a dream thing. It's once Dallas did it, that's it. It's over. No one else could do it because, because we, we all felt cheated then and no one can get away with it anymore. Yeah. I don't know if we want to have that kind of thing. I think we're going to see another character who will be introduced to the series and play an important role. Speaking of important roles... Let's hear about your role. How can our listeners find out more of what you do? Oh, well, they can find me over at MacObserver.com, where I'm writing and podcasting with a bunch of really awesome people. And you can find me on Twitter. I'm Jay Gamut, And you can also find me at Fresh Brewed Tales, where I write about the really weird things that I see people do in coffee shops. Well, I don't go to coffee shops very often. Well, so you can I- live vicariously through me. I'll do that. You can also find us on Twitter. Look for Tech Night Owl on Twitter. That's Tech Night Owl on Twitter. We also have another radio show about UFOs, things that go bump in the night, in fact, not fiction. And this week on the Paracast at Paracast.com, we'll be featuring Walter Bosley, who's a former intelligence agent. Oh, my heavens. Wow. He's going to talk about breakaway civilizations. Imagine there being another civilization on Earth coexisting with ours. Look at the legends of breakaway civilizations. Go to Paracast.com to find out more of this weekend's episode of the Paracast. It sounds almost like a comic book show, doesn't it? It kind of does. Hmm. We also have a special way for you to get a version of the show without the commercials. You want to do that? I mean, we'd like you to hear the ads because... 
that helps the network earn money. But if you want to get a commercial-free version, we offer it on a special subscription rate with Tech Night Owl Plus. That's Tech Night Owl Plus. To learn more, go to plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. It's a low subscription rate. We have other features coming. In addition, we give you better quality audio for the package. Higher bit rate. Everything is crystal clear. Not me, because I like to be blurry, but Jeff Gamet <laughs> and the other guests that we have, like Kirk McElhern, all going to be crystal clear. Go to plus, plus.technightowl.com. That's plus.technightowl.com. It's been fun. Our first attempt at pop culture, a lot more to do. Thank you, Jeff Gamet, for joining us on the Tech Night Out Live. This was a lot of fun. And anytime you want to do pop culture, you just let me know. I am so in. The Tech Night Owl Live is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. We'll be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel.